This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, awesome Nasdaq results as India's IEX power market electrifies with their P&L statement. Meanwhile, even PLY has the occasional share of the headlines. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 105. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Thank you, readers, friends, parishioners, for all your kind words. It was a fabulous day last Thursday as the RNS hit the wires and messages popped up from colleagues old and new across the globe. Being appointed executive director of Valerian Blockchain is a wildly exciting development for me, Patrick L. Young, to what was already a stunning 2021 for market building. Let's see where it leads. Over in crypto land, crypto-based shadow financial markets are spooking regulators. According to Politico, new financial services built on cryptocurrency are offering consumers the ability to borrow and trade billions of dollars without the oversights of bankers or their regulators. Washington is now scrambling to catch up amid concerns of illegal activity and mounting consumer risks. And if you believe in decentralized finance or DEFI, Gaza Gensler is coming to get you. Essentially, unless your DeFi network avoids the US and the US dollar in its entirety, with, say, servers in maybe Sealand or Scaramanga's private island in the South China Sea from Ian Fleming's The Man with the Golden Gun, perhaps North Korea and Taliban-controlled territory could be options for your network. Well, unless you're in those sorts of places, frankly, you might as well be emailing gaza at sec.gov right now with your orange tailoring measurements. So you look reasonably attired when you do the perp walk of shame in your new federal orange jumpsuit. My new hashtag for Defi is hashtag not gonna happen on Earth, try Mars. Of course, I mean, that's pretty revolutionary, but as we all know, Rome wasn't burnt in a day. Now, to address the history issue here, I think of the 1960s, 1970s, when Africa's predilection post-colonialism was a near-never-ending stream of coups. Likewise, what does the history of the Russian Revolution teach us? They might alter, modify, change aspects of the law itself, but the basic system stayed the same, even as the politics shifted around. Indeed, in Africa, the coups usually saw the same secret police apparatus, albeit reporting to a different president, dictator, or general. Defi thinks it's going to outsmart all of this. And by all of this, I mean multiple thousand years where the legal system has had an innate centralization. Unfortunately, to the notion that Defi is going to suddenly wipe away thousands of years of legal precedent and practice, depending on the legal system you look at, I have to say H-A-B, where the B stands for balderdash, clearly. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information.
Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. It was a busy week for results in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's just look at a few wonderful highlights. NASDAQ, awesome results, delivering 21% increase in revenue compared to the prior year. With an $811 million consensus, NASDAQ crushed those numbers coming in at $846 million. Excellent results. Adina Friedman looked on top of the world in more senses than one as she talked to CNBC from the roof of NASDAQ's Times Square HQ. IEX, that's the Indian Energy Exchange as opposed to the Flash Boys. IEX, their shares are quoted in India. Their quarter one accounts were simply stunning. IEX recorded a 49.3% rise in consolidated net profits. That's to 62.82 crore rupees on a 34.1% rise in net sales to 91.03 crore in Q1F year 22 over the previous quarter one of FY21. Good to see Deutsche Börse. They're also rising through the profit charts. Q2 profits, net profit up 21%, better than expected. Great to hear from Deutsche Börse in a week when so many other aspects of the financial market infrastructure disappointed. But to read about all those disappointments and others, including the excellent numbers from MSCI, you needed to be subscribed to Exchange Invest Daily. More details about that at exchangeinvest.com so you too can be at the water cooler of the bourse business Monday through Saturday. New markets this week, SIBO. They're going to launch their new European derivatives market on September the 6th. They have received Dutch regulatory approvals to use SIBO Europe as the platform and EuroCCP as their central clearing counterparty. Of course, that's now EuroCCP, which is a subsidiary of SIBO these days. All the very best to Adi Cordell and his team with the new SIBO ETD market in Amsterdam. Looking forward to your progress from September the 6th. Deals this week? Well, just before they announced those excellent up 21% numbers, NASDAQ announced they're going to spin out their private markets exchange in a deal with a series of banks and buy sides. In other words, they're going to be doing a deal where they'll be contributing and receiving some equity for their platform while a series of other counterparties are going to join in what is going to be a rejuvenated, bigger and presumably better Nasdaq private market. At the same time, Nasdaq announced and priced some 615 million euros of senior notes this week at a yield of, actually, a yield so insignificant I don't think it's even worth reporting. Elsewhere, the Singapore Exchange, they're buying FlexTrade's FXOMS, better known as Max Trader. They're paying 125 million US dollars for that. The proposed acquisition of Max Trader from FlexTrade Systems follows the acquisition of the remaining stake in BidFX, which STX did not own in June of last year. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, it's the middle of summer. I know in the Northern Hemisphere, some of you are having winter breaks down under. 
Well, that's if you're not actually locked down, which seems to be the case of huge swathes of the Southern Hemisphere right now, particularly the People's Republic of Australia and indeed neighbouring it, the other Commonwealth People's Republic of New Zealand. While you're in lockdown or whether you're on holiday, perhaps you're even lucky enough to be on the beach. If you're looking for some reading, don't forget to pick up a copy of my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World, published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, we're in summer holidays at the moment with IPO Vid, the live stream. But don't forget, you can call by youtube.com, look for IPO-vid, and you'll be able to pick up all of the back issues, 37 riveting episodes of discussion about markets. In Cryptoland this week, well, another week of warnings, warnings and warnings, with actually not a few implicit threats. The Bank of Russia, they've told stock exchanges in Moscow to avoid crypto-related funds. Investment products should not be listed in Russia, which are related to cryptocurrency prices. Meanwhile, there's a class action suit afoot. Coin alert went the headline on Business Wire. Investors with substantial losses have an opportunity to lead the Coinbase Global Inc. class action lawsuit. Lead plaintiff motions for the Coinbase class action lawsuit must be filed with the court no later than this September the 20th, 2021. Key allegations, and I quote, the Coinbase class action lawsuit alleges that Coinbase's offering materials were false and misleading and omitted to state, well, ladies and gentlemen, they omitted to state various things, I have to add, at the time of the offering. Of course, Coinbase, even with a Bitcoin bump this week on the possible speculation of what Amazon might be doing, actually found itself in the doldrums. Still the stock, it has been essentially half where it reached at its peak just after the DPO frenzy burst. As you'll recall, we were cynical from the start. Meanwhile, Binance, gosh, well, they're on the road to Damascus, it seems. They could be seeking a new CEO. They could be seeking a new headquarters. They could be seeking multiple new headquarters. They might even be transparent about where they have any of their offices amidst what are, let's face it, a litany of regulatory probes and a multitude of banks and other services refusing to allow them to accept payments for Binance. At the same time, their current CEO, Mr. CZ, he said he welcomes regulation. Presumably one would have to say through gritted teeth, given how reluctant Binance appear to have been in the past towards embracing regulation. Contrition of some sorts seemed to be the order of the day at Binance. But, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just not really ready for a moment of Damascene Road repo. Are you? Meanwhile in China, cryptocurrency exchange operators Huobi and OKCoin They've both announced they're closing their Beijing subsidiaries amongst China's crackdown. That's a crackdown which, of course, also has driven vast swathes of the cryptocurrency mining business to the United States of America. Elsewhere, talking of, well, fraud investigations of the week and other criminal probes, Tether executives, that's Tether the stablecoin, their management are said to face a criminal probe into bank fraud. In other words, the title, the name of that company, Tether, now seems to be as in handcuffs, which looks like the likely outcome. We may wish to brace ourselves yet, ladies and gentlemen, for what I think is going to be a remaining Q3 and likely a Q4 with a lot of litigation in the crypto space. And I fear one or two massive frauds may yet emerge as part of the crackdown denouement. In product news this week, ICE launched a discussion paper on the evolution of the Brent complex in association with S&P Global. 
While six, the Swiss exchange, they expanded their custody services reach to the United States of America. Meanwhile, the United Kingdom was revising its SPAC rules, while simultaneously IOSCO, the International Union of Regulators, was seeking to ensure SPACs don't run amok with securities regulations. Technology. ASX Chess, a slow-motion car crash. While Patrick McConnell on LinkedIn lamented the ASX Chess replacement as a slow-motion car crash, Forex Clearing Utility, CLS, completed the migration of their settlement services to a new state-of-the-art platform. Elsewhere, Arcadier, who are people who build all sorts of marketplaces for e-commerce, they're partnering with Xpree, the exchange software provider, to develop deep tech trading infrastructure for marketplaces. Finally, in a white paper this week, the London blockchain firm Settle have detailed their bold approach to regulating the blockchain and making it profitable for all. You can read, if you go to our website, exchangeinvest.com, a download of the paper, Realizing the Internet of Value. That's on the podcast page where you can find all of the other podcasts in this series from exchangeinvest.com, all 105 Exchange Invest Weekly Podcasts, that is. Over in India, a couple of snippets of technology news. India's power exchange, IEX, they're the people with the incredible 49% increase in profits over the last quarter. They're partnering with the Belgian scale-up company, Enside, to implement their power matching solution based on mixed integer linear programming for price discovery in the day-ahead market. Elsewhere, the MCX data breach, which took place a while back, there are going to be no charges against the former MD. A breath of relief there for one former CEO. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Regulation news this week. The European Union are tightening their rules on crypto asset transfers. In other words, crypto asset transfers are going to become just like bank transfers, full AML, KYC, and an understanding and a specificity, no less, of who is doing the transferring. The SEC's Gary Gensler, he's been issuing warnings left, right and centre as fake stocks bloom on blockchains, was the way that the Bloomberg journalists put the headline. SEC chairman Gary Gensler has a warning about the synthetic stocks popping up on blockchains. And of course, as you'll recall, various synthetic stock providers have suddenly withdrawn those blockchain solutions across the course of the last week. Good reading from Sherman and Sterling, the US law firm with a very, very significant footprint in Europe. They've reviewed the UK Wholesale Markets Review, Essential Reading, a very, very useful primer on the key points as Britain looks to a great post-MIFID Brexit future. Warnings from Forbes, back to Gary Gensler. Gary Gensler's political start at the SEC, AIDS allies could harm investors. That sort of reads like a wake-up from the woke haze which infected the US to delirium back when things were being sensibly, if ubermanically on the PR front, managed or deregulated by the Trumpy one. Gary Gensler sees stablecoins as securities. Gary Gensler's agency is looking at security-based swaps as well. have to say, I think Gaza is spot on with the idea that stablecoins are potentially securities. They look very, very much like something akin to a security to me. And of course, if you're wondering where all that zeal for regulation is coming from, remember who's got Gary Gensler's back in Congress. 
none other than Senator Elizabeth Warren. She's been pressing Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, and EU regulators to address what Warren terms the growing threats in the crypto market. In other words, Senator Warren, one might say, is applying the analogue-era political standard of stuck record campaigning to digital finance. Nonetheless, the crackdown looks to be growing. And ladies and gentlemen, on that note of crackdowns, it leaves me to only point out one final story. The UK Financial Conduct Authority, always the nanny state of regulators believing that investors need an incredible amount of protection, issued a coin warning this week. Specifically, they issued a consumer warning on a company called Coin Burp Limited. I mean, hashtag seriously? Somebody called something Coin Burp and people invested? Do we allow these people also to vote? And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you very much for listening to this, the latest episode 105 of the Exchange Invest Weekly podcast. I will be back next week with a brief surmise of what has happened in the business of bourses. But of course, if you want to be right up close to the water cooler of exchanges, don't forget Exchange Invest. It's out every day of the week in newsletter form, and it's the easiest, simplest, most accessible, and I must say so, pithiest way to understand the business of bourses. Until next week, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thanks for listening. Have a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.